Welcome to Common Ground Berlin, a podcast in which we delve into issues that matter to you in the German capital and beyond. I'm your host, Soraya Sirhadi Nelson. In this episode brought to you by the Checkpoint Charlie Foundation, we explore what young Germans think about the United States, which, as you will hear, is definitely not how our parents or grandparents used to view Germany's important ally. Senior producer Dina El-Sayed spoke with experts from the German Marshall Fund of the United States, which recently surveyed German youth about what they think of the United States. One of those experts is Gesine Weber, who is a fellow on the GMF Geostrategy team, who joined Dina via Zoom. And in our studio, they were joined by Niklas Ebert, who is program coordinator in the organization's Berlin office. We'll also hear from two officials with student exchange programs and what role those programs play in fostering German-U.S. relations. But first, let's go to Dina. How would each of you describe how young Germans feel about the United States in general these days? Go ahead. May I start with a few numbers, maybe? So um, that is less about personal observation, but what we find in uh, GMF's annual transatlantic trends study, that is a public opinion study that we conducted uh, on both sides of the Atlantic, including on Germany. So the fieldwork dates from June 2023, so it's... Um, already a few months old, but um, a trend that we have been observing uh, regarding the perception of the U.S. this year, but also in previous years, is that young people feel much less positive about the U.S. than people about uh, 65 do. So if I refer to young people, that's basically Gen Z, so between 18 and 25. Uh, Maybe to just give you a few examples from what we see in the numbers. When we ask people whether they feel positive or negative about the U.S. influence in global affairs, among the youngest people, 52% say they feel positive, and among the oldest, it's 59. So we see a gap there. And um, what is even more striking is when we ask them about how influential they think different powers are in the world, because um, 75% of the oldest generation in Germany say the U.S. is certainly the most influential actor, but only 29% see that. So we don't only see that young people feel a bit less positive about U.S. influence, they also think the U.S. is much less powerful than older people think. And when we compare that to perceptions of influence or to the anticipation of influence in the global Uh, order in the next five years. Um, This is similarly striking. So um, for young people in Germany, the EU is uh, seen as even more powerful than the US in the next five years. Slightly more powerful, but um, it's quite telling. Whereas um, older people see China as the most influential actor followed by the US and the EU much less. Niklas, any thoughts? Yeah, of course. Just to add to that, uh, I think this picture that paints itself for me is that of an ambivalent relationship with the U.S. So there is certainly still, um, at least from my perspective, certain relationship with the U.S. that is painted by uh, a shared 
cultural relationship. Of course, there's the political relationship. But I think over the last one or two decades, the political part of it has become more difficult, let's say more controversial maybe. And I think that also reflects itself in the numbers. So I think there is an ambivalence to the relationship. There's still a, a huge attachment to the U.S., both in the political sense, also in the cultural sense. But I think the role of the U.S. has been seen more critical in the last few years, especially among the younger generation. This comes from decisions by the U.S. in the international arena. Some of the decisions have been seen as unilateral um, and not necessarily uh, taken unison with uh, European countries, with Germany, with the European Union. And I think this is also reflected in the numbers that we see that the U.S. is sometimes seen as going at it alone only for their own benefit um, and not taking into consideration the interests of other people. Were either of you exchange students growing up? Was it your first experience with the United States, if so? Or if not, how did it change your views of the country in general? Uh, Nicholas, do you want to start? I haven't been to the U.S. as an exchange student. I have been abroad, um, studying in the Netherlands, where we also had a few U.S. exchange students. Whether they are uh, representative of the U.S. population as a whole is questionable, I'd say. I've been spending quite a bit of time in the Anglophone sphere, so um, Great Britain, Australia as well, Canada, but uh, not necessarily the U.S. And I think after, after I finished my high school, I was thinking about where to go. And... I had the U.S. on my initial list, but when I was like narrowing it down, I think the tendency swung towards Canada. Maybe because, I don't know, there were like some more positive feeling associated with Canada than with the U.S., at least in my case. What about you, Gazino? Yeah, I second what Niklas was saying. So um, I didn't study in the U.S. either. And um, the first time I went to the U.S. was when I was 28, which is quite unusual for, um, I would say, someone in general working in international affairs, but particularly for people with an interest in security and defense. I would say I already spoke quite decent English when I uh, graduated from high school, and I really wanted to study in a country as well where English is not the language of um, education. And also I wanted to be really perfectly fluent in another European language. So as a German native, of course, you already learn English at school. I also learned French. But for me, the idea of really speaking French at a really, really good level was something that um, prompted me to go to France. And during my master's, I would also potentially have considered um, at one point to go to the US. But even if there are scholarships, for example, from the German Academic Exchange Service, Let's face it, when you want to go to a city like New York and internships are not paid, a scholarship of 1,000 euros or 1,200 euros doesn't even pay your flat. And if you don't want to get a student loan just to do an unpaid internship from which you will most likely not directly get a job, then you consider that twice. And that is also an experience that I often encountered basically in my um, in, like in my circle of friends, that this idea that studying in the U.S. and particularly living like cities in like New York or D.C. or any bigger U.S. city is um, not affordable for everyone. On the other hand, when you see people who went to the U.S., they often come back with a completely different image of the states. So I think that um, this is definitely something that is a bit underdeveloped in the relations at the moment. 
When you say they come back with a different image, can you elaborate a little bit on that? So I would say on the one hand, um, they come back often with some cliches being confirmed. And if it's only, uh, let's say, about fast food uh, versus the very vegan health food extreme, uh, sometimes it's also about political discourse. But many of them, yeah, just get to see much more than you get to see on media, which is completely normal if you get the opportunity to immerse yourself in a in a country. That's also what I see as a German who's been living in France for almost five years now. I have a completely different image of France than people who have who and who occasionally see uh, demonstrations in France on uh, TV. So I think the idea of really also see how people interact to each other, how interpersonal culture works, um, is very important also to understand mainly how politics is being made in a country, because like uh, interpersonal culture also infuses political culture. On that note, do you think there are things happening in the United States that turn younger Germans off? So when we talk about Donald Trump being president, gun laws, um, foreign policy being not as best as it could be, um, do you think that this plays a role in influencing young Germans' minds? Of course, there are is a certain disillusionment with the U.S. and especially the discrepancy between the professed ideals of the country and then the reality young people might be seeing in the news on social media, um, especially thinking about uh, movements as Black Lives Matter, the whole debate about COVID, and then Trump's presidency, which seemed to throw like all yeah polite manners that you would expect from politicians uh, to show out of the window. And I think that's something that hasn't gone unnoticed. And it certainly hasn't helped with polishing the image of the U.S. that might have needed some polishing in the first place when Trump assumed the presidency. Gesina, do you have um, any thoughts on that, given your familiarity with the numbers and the statistics as well? Yeah, I would like to add on that, because it's however striking that we really see this uh, generational gap um, for people under 25 when we look at public opinion polling. And when I, as someone who was born in the 90s, reflect a bit on how the political memory of these generations were maybe slightly younger than I am, but however quite close, was uh, being influenced, I would say that I'm not very surprised of that. Because um, the first images of US foreign policy that people who are today, let's say 2025, saw and maybe remember, are probably images of uh, US soldiers in Afghanistan and Iraq. Then you had the global financial crisis, which originated at Wall Street and Lehman Brothers. Then, at one point, a red line in Syria that wasn't respected. Trump presidency, with comments particularly targeting women that were absolutely not acceptable for anyone um, who is believing that women's rights are a good thing. Well, then you had Biden and the withdrawal from Afghanistan. I think Ukraine can potentially flip that balance a bit, but I would say there is a collective memory of the young generation that um, has really been deeply marked um, by U.S. foreign policy that was um, potentially not exemplary, particularly when it comes to the idea of practicing the values that you preach. What countries do you think have replaced the status of the United States when it comes to a destination for younger Germans to go to study? What comes to mind? You mentioned Canada. I mentioned Canada, and I think that's also a cliche, to be honest. That's a very popular choice for younger Germans. Australia is the number one, I think. Um, New Zealand as well. 
So some countries that, at least in the German perspective, do have a nicer image, let's say this way, and also more interesting. Maybe the U.S. is by now seen as a bit of a generic choice, so people um, might be opting for something that is a bit out of the ordinary, maybe out of the experience of their parents' generation. I think that's part of the Anglosphere, basically. But I think there's also an interest for going beyond this, going beyond the culture that probably is rather close to ours in, in Germany and experience something that might be different, that also might differentiate your experience from that of others. So I think um, like also some anecdotal experience or evidence from my personal uh, environment is that I think the Netherlands, a country that has certainly benefited from German students going there because it's very attractive for German students. You have world-class universities. Education is in many programs completely in English. Also, it still has some geographic proximity because you have so many people from all over Europe there. It's actually standing in an international bubble with very good um, educational opportunities. At which I think is very important as well, very low or comparatively low tuition fees. Because um, before Brexit, the UK would probably have been a great destination. But we see that numbers of German students going to the UK are um, decreasing. However, what we've also seen in last years is that destinations outside kind of the Anglosphere are becoming more interesting and as or when I um, went to China in 2019, um, you also saw that numbers were rising um, for going to China, which of course has been stalled a bit during the COVID pandemic. But it's certainly interesting to study in a country that will most likely be at least one of the two next superpowers. Just experiencing that and experiencing something that is um, really outside the European cultural sphere, I think um, is definitely appealing as well. How important do you think these exchange programs are to shaping young Germans' outlook about the United States or, or other countries? Do they play a big role or are they shadowed by all the other bigger events in life? At least in my perspective, they do play a bigger role. I studied in the Netherlands and I think everyone who knows me knows that I rarely shut up about how good the experience was. And especially compared to the German system, uh, how different it was and how much emphasis was placed on the individual students and their contributions to class. So I think in that regard, it certainly shapes your experience, it shapes your worldview. But it is, of course, subject to your uh, financial um, background. In the case of the Netherlands, of course, that's, as Jezine mentioned, not that difficult um, because tuition fees are quite low. But I think it's a huge obstacle when you want to study in the U.S. Uh, and you do not come from a wealthy background. Um, same with a professional opportunities. If you want to do an internship there, you can only do that basically if you're very well financially situated. And that is not the case for a lot of people. And I think it's a shame. And I think if we want to increase the number of students going to the U.S. again, there should be more investment in this because right now we have huge parts of the population who are simply not able to take up this opportunity because it's financially unsustainable. Yatina, any thoughts? Yeah, I think these programs are paramount in shaping worldviews um, because particularly when you're a student, you're going uh, normally somewhere in your 20s and that is a period where you are like just soaking up so much when you're learning so much and where also your political beliefs outside 
your parents' home are actually shaped and where you are questioning what you've learned at home and getting so much input and new ideas and where you also get in contact with ideas that you maybe don't get at your university in Germany. So um, getting out of your bubble, I think, is absolutely crucial, not only to um, shape your views on a country, but also to shape your views on your own home country, to reflect what is maybe not going so well, but also to reflect the privileges you have for living in a certain country and so on. So, And it, of course, also um, creates ties for life because you're not only experiencing, let's say, a social system or a university system, it really brings you in touch with the real people, if you want to put it like that. And when I look at uh, my own case, I would say that, yeah, the best friends that I've made in university and over the last years are French. And that is also something that to some extent ties you to a country. Although in Europe, you can also always say in the end, we're all Europeans. So it doesn't matter so much. Maybe it's a bit less important when you go to the US, but really understanding a language and having the idioms is so crucial to understand culture. And I think that is something that you can only get when you are really in a country. Uh, maybe I can just quickly take on to this. We've now talked a bit about how this is important for students to go there, but I think it's also important to think about other population groups rather than just students, because usually there's a certain homogeneity to those people that visit university and go abroad. And even if we broaden the scope of countries that play host to these students, I think it's also important to go beyond university and think, are there maybe exchange programs? I know this might be more difficult than at university, but for vocational programs, for other educational opportunities, if already looking at people in school, for example, to also incentivize this interest in another culture and in other countries and trying to understand how they think and shaping this view as early as possible, that there's maybe different perspectives than your own. What could Germany and the United States both do to make sure that this connection between young Germans and young Americans is reignited? Easy answer. Um, and I think that was already quite clear from our conversation, put money in these exchange programs. Think about uh, incentivizing university partnerships. Think about... Um, bringing exchange programs to people and vocational training to schools, maybe also to people who have already completed vocational training, enhance um, exchanges between young parliamentarians, not only between um, the Congress and the Bundestag, but also between local parliaments. Uh, think about exchanges of politicians um, also on the local, or on the regional and the state level, particularly when they are young people. Think about leadership programs. Because in the end, I think it's all about socialization, even if it's sometimes just paying for a transatlantic flight and one week of hotel accommodation um, to allow people to get this experience on the other side of the Atlantic. It's really put that money in these programs. I uh, absolutely agree. I think it's important that we somehow underline these words that we're always saying about shared values and have a shared history of democracy and are like, intrinsically linked uh, partners that we put some substance to this because some people grew up hearing these words but never knowing where they come from why is this actually the case the views that uh, younger people might have of american foreign policy are quite different to the views that maybe now 40 or 50 year old people have 
And I think we somehow need to show them why we consider the U.S. Uh, this important as a partner and why there is this linkage between Germany and the U.S. that we think is worth preserving. So I think it's crucial for us to understand that this shouldn't be taken as a given, um, that there's, there's something that we should try and convey to younger generations with good arguments and also take their questions seriously as to why we should accept the U.S. as this crucial partner. We need to counter these with good arguments and not just phrases about the in, yeah, intrinsic link between the U.S. and Germany. And if I may still add something, I mean, what we talked about was pretty much now kind of the German side. I would say from the U.S. side, it's also very important to see that many young Germans actually feel like Europeans. Well, that's something we also see in public opinion, that young people in Germany are really convinced that the EU is a good thing. And I think whenever you talk about German-US relations, you should also talk about EU-US relations and start um, as US to take the EU as a serious player, because that is where young people see the future. And only talking about US-German relations does not fit the reality of people who grew up with the euro, um, who never, except during COVID, were not able to pass a border in Europe and who are kind of completely um, grown up in that system. That's a great point. Thank you, Gesina. Thank you, Nicholas. Thank you. Yeah, thank pleasure. you so much for having me. So what do experts involved in sending German students to the United States have to say? I spoke in our Berlin studio with Knut Müller about the current trend in exchange programs and how that trend is influenced by the change in German attitudes about the United States. Knut recently retired as the National Director of Youth for Understanding based in Hamburg. He currently works part-time for AJA, a Berlin-based umbrella organization for long-term youth exchange programs in Germany. How have exchange programs helped foster transatlantic relations over the years? They made significant, important contributions on a personal level. Tens of thousands, even hundreds of thousands of uh, German youth spent an exchange year in the U.S. The program started in the late 40s, in the early 50s, uh, based on an initiative of the U.S. American government. And then returnees, alumni, founded organizations in Germany, continued the programs. And hundreds of thousands spent in exchange in the U.S. were able to help transforming the uh, German society into a Western democratic country. And was the U.S. the popular destination where young people wanted to go for these exchange programs? It was and it still is. It's still the number one country, number one destination for long-term uh, youth exchange. Until the 80s, it was actually the only destination. Long-term youth exchange was identified with an exchange here in the U.S. This is still the case to a certain extent because the U.S. is still number one uh, as far as the popular destinations are concerned. But it's also the case because the foundation was laid by exchange programs to the U.S., did you go yourself when you were younger? Unfortunately not. I participated in short-term exchange programs, but I have not spent an exchange year in, in another country. My children have, actually, my daughter and my son. Oh, your children have. Okay, yeah. that's interesting. And how did they, or how were they transformed when they came back? They were adults when they returned. 
and they were in a positive sense questioning the authority of teachers and of parents which is uh, sometimes hard to deal with but it's wonderful to see how they grow up uh, how they develop their own um, picture of the world how strong they are when they return so i believe that every student every uh, child should have this experience how old were they when they went uh, 16 17 my daughter went to the us my son went to norway for an exchange year and how are their attitudes different about the us i mean since your daughter had the up close personal experience in the us and your son chose another destination it is it help an exchange year if you spend a year in another country it helps you to understand that there's a very diverse picture of the country is you can't say this is the way people in the US think or this is the way people in Germany think you have to look at the details you have to learn study the country the culture the politics the history and if you read books or if you watch television you get ideas of what's going on but a deep understanding of the culture of the country is only possible if you live there for a longer time and if students do that at an early age it's certainly helpful for them to grow up and to get a, a more sophisticated fuller picture of how the world looks like do you have any numbers that you can share that demonstrate the change in exchange programs unfortunately there are no figures yet uh, available for the last two or three years and i can only speak about long term youth exchange uh, half a year and and one year in another country the peak was i would say 5 6 7 years ago 15,000 uh, teenagers spend an exchange year abroad going out from Germany to other countries between 5 and 8,000 of them went to the US so 50% or more during uh, the most recent years where numbers are available the numbers were reduced from 7,000 to the US per year to between 3 4 5,000 and that's also due to the pandemic to the corona pandemic is there a lesser interest though? Other English speaking destinations have become more popular, like Canada, like uh, the United Kingdom, Ireland, New Zealand, Australia, but the US is still number 1 by far. But do you have a sense of why that is? I mean, is it just because the world is is more open to them or is it also because the politics have changed quite a bit in the US? Absolutely, absolutely. And, and particularly because the parents of the potential students are a bit more skeptical as far as the politics in the US are concerned. The presidency of Trump was certainly a breaking uh, event. If you compare that with the perception of Obama in Germany, it's very clear that uh, the U.S. is less attractive from a German perspective based on the political developments. You had said the United States tops the list. I'm curious, which country is number two? Canada is number two. Canada is number two. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And this is so astonishing to what extent cultural and political developments influence the number of uh, applications for long-term youth exchange programs. This is based on stereotypes, of course, and on a very superficial level of information. Let me give you an example. China was quite popular among teenagers and their parents 10 or 15 years ago when China was on the up as far as the economic development was concerned. Then when it became clear that the political development was not so positive and was not so positively uh, perceived in Germany, the numbers went down to almost zero. And now they are going up again uh, because other uh, countries are perceived as not so positive or 
even as enemies. You can determine the attractiveness of countries based on the number of applications for long-term youth exchange program. And currently the numbers are stable to the US, still number one, but other English-speaking destinations have caught up. Do you say that? Yes, caught up. That's correct. So now that we're staring at a potential second presidency for Donald Trump in the United States, do you think that that could affect the numbers again? Yes, I think so. But I'm an optimistic person, and I think that there may be other candidates, maybe even female candidates, uh, from the Republican side or the Democratic side. I don't think that uh, Trump will will be the president, so I'm I'm not thinking too much about this uh, daunting perspective. Right. Well, it's basically looking into a crystal ball anyway. We need to wait for what happens because American voters are not necessarily predictable, as the polls have shown. Do German students and their families worry about the United States as an exchange destination after what happened in 2014 when a German exchange student was shot and killed in Montana, and then again in 2022 when a Berlin student was flagged by the FBI for... Uh, I guess they questioned him on suspicion of terrorism and then let him go and then banned him from reentry sometime later. So do these sorts of what, what does this do to the interest on the part of parents and students? Almost nothing. Uh, these are uh, media events that are perceived for uh, two or three weeks, then they are gone. Well, certainly school shootings are something that keep popping up again and again in the United States. And since we are talking about exchange students who go to school, does the gun culture in the U.S. sort of tamp down interest or increase concern on the part of parents and students? Yeah, I would say yes. There's no substantial evidence which would help me to prove what I'm saying. But my speculation is that, yes, it is influencing particularly the parents because they may be concerned that the safety of their children uh, is not always guaranteed. Parents are also not as interested in hosting students uh, in the United States and here in terms of American families hosting German students and vice versa. Is that something that you've come across? Absolutely. But it is a general trend that we see in all countries that are involved in youth exchange. It's becoming more and more difficult to find host families who, as volunteers, are willing to host long-term exchange students. And in terms of American students coming here, are those numbers going down Yes, well. um, my estimation based on the statistics that are available is that between six and 8,000 students from Germany spend an exchange here in the U.S., while only a few hundred students from the U.S. are coming to Germany. The reason is that the U.S. is culturally, economically, politically by far the number one destination where teenagers get their information, where teenagers uh, follow developments. And if you look from the U.S. side, uh, Germany is not number one. It's not even among the top 10, I would say. There's a second aspect, which is of importance. An exchange year abroad has become a relevant part of our culture since the 50s. In the U.S., it is not that common. It's not that popular for high school students to interrupt their school career by spending an exchange year abroad. So in general, it's it's not limited to Germany. In general, U.S. teenagers are less prone to spend an exchange year abroad than Germans. And that's always been the case. Yes. But it is coming down nonetheless. Yeah, maybe uh, the interest to learn foreign languages is uh, in the U.S. not as big as in Germany. For German teenagers, it's clear that you have to learn English 
And even English as the first foreign language is not sufficient anymore. So most students learn more than one foreign language. For teenagers from the US, the usual situation is that everyone speaks English. So why would they have to learn a foreign language? And learning a language is one of the top reasons, one of the top motivating factors for teenagers to spend a year abroad. Are German youth less enamored of the United States than in the past? I mean, is that a fair statement? And we talked a little bit about American attitudes towards Germany. I'm just wondering what you're seeing as a reflection of what's happening with exchange students. It's hard to answer that question. Um, I would say yes, because the world has become multipolar. There are other countries, other cultures, other regions of the world that are not as important as the U.S., but are important. Look at music trends from Korea, for instance, or from Japan, from China, from Latin America. These cultural influences are as much as political influence multipolar. So other countries are also attractive destinations. The U.S. is still number one. So what could Germany and the U.S. do better or do at all to make sure young Germans stay connected to the United States and young Americans stay connected to Germany? Exchange programs uh, should be a standard element of the education. The school systems in both countries should support the idea of participating in long-term and short-term exchange programs. This should be a standard part of the education, also of the curriculum of schools. That's number one. Number two is the organization of exchange programs should be supported with taxpayers' money by the states. And number three, we need host families to organize exchange programs at a financial level that is affordable. And this can, by media, by politics, by the school system, that can and should be supported, the idea of hosting a student, opening the home and the heart for foreign exchange students. That will be my request. Uh, help us, uh, support us by encouraging uh, families to host students. I also spoke with Christian Andersch via Zoom in Hamburg to get his perspective on what's happening with student exchange programs and the connection to young German attitudes toward the United States. Christian has worked for the exchange program Youth for Understanding for nine years now. Before that, I was a volunteer for many years. I was an exchange student myself uh, 20 years ago in Argentina at that time. And I am in charge of the CDYX scholarship program. That's a program um, sponsored by the U.S. Congress and the German Bundestag. Yeah, the, the German-American exchange, basically. And my title uh, would be CDYX coordinator. Great. So let me ask you about the Congress Bundestag Youth Exchange, since that's your area of expertise. How's that been going? In Germany, the interest remains high. We receive many applications. Um, the numbers obviously went down during the pandemic, and there was a year that we could not run the program in presence. Uh, there was a digital alternative back then, but obviously, uh, yeah, we, we didn't have applications that year. On the American side, um, there is less interest in the program than we see it in Germany. Uh, that's because the idea of going on exchange during school time and kind of losing a school year is not that popular in the States. 
my colleague from the United States tells me that many schools, for example, in the United States don't have a foreign language um, requirement anymore. And that also, I think, leads to students saying, why should I go abroad if I don't need it for school? Yeah, that's pretty incredible in this day and age when so many people in other countries speak two, three, or even more languages. But let me ask you something that you mentioned as well. You said you were an exchange student, and that gives you personal insight for my next question, which is how do exchange programs foster transatlantic relations? Most of all, they allow students to experience how life is different and how people can be different in, in different places and to appreciate this variety and diversity. Um, what we see in, in the participants of our students, and that is true for the German-American programs as well as for others, is that um, the students usually return home with a more positive view of their exchange country. Many will say that it uh, has become their second home, so to speak. And what I think is really important and different from going on vacation uh, abroad is that you get to see the day-to-day -day life in the other country and you get to see how the, the country and how the people are beyond the stereotypes and beyond what you will usually see on the news. And um, with regards to the transatlantic relations, um, what we see is that many of the alumni they get involved with um, society uh, and, and engage as volunteers. I understand this interview is a result of one of our former participants uh, volunteering for your organization. We have uh, former American exchange students who come back to Germany to study at university and they also become involved as volunteers, but they also become involved in economics um, and politics. One of the most Famous examples certainly is our German foreign minister, Annalena Baerbock. She was an exchange student in the U.S. Uh, many years ago. I think uh, if I, I'm not wrong, she went to Florida for a year. And uh, by coincidence, last year I learned that the partner of the U.S. Secretary of Transportation, he was a CBYX participant. You had mentioned before that the pandemic had depressed attendance. Can you elaborate on that? So the student numbers in the CBYX program, they will always remain the same because there is a specific number of scholarships that, that are granted. And those numbers uh, are the same before the pandemic and after. Just the number of applications has been lower after the pandemic and we see them coming up uh, on the German side. I'm not too familiar with the application numbers in the US, but they are much lower than, than they are in Germany. There is a high interest in going on exchange to the United States in Germany. The numbers I have, unfortunately, are pre-pandemic. So about 17,000 German students go abroad for three months to a year, and almost 5,000 of them will go to the U.S. And I assume that the numbers will now still be a little lower than they were uh, pre-pandemic. As for YFU, we can see that, uh, or, or we can say that our numbers have not uh, gotten back yet to where they were pre-pandemic. Um, in 2019, we had 900 students abroad in, in different countries, and 300 of them went to the U.S. So the U.S. is really the popular destination at YFU and in all Germany. Uh, 2022, we had 800 students and 200 to the U.S., 
And last year, uh, 700 students and 200 to the U.S. While the United States remains the top country German students want to go to, is that changing? Are there other countries that are gaining in popularity? It is slightly changing. The U.S. ranks number one. But um, the numbers have been changing and the U.S. is losing ground, so to say. The numbers, again, are from 2019. The numbers I mentioned, 5,000 out of 17,000 students will go to the U.S., so about a third. And that used to be almost half. About 15 years ago, it used to be half of the students going to the U.S. Other English-speaking destinations are catching up. New Zealand, Australia, um, Great Britain. Great Britain is losing ground now. Since they left the EU, it's not so easy anymore. Um, you need a visa to go on exchange. Yeah, but they are catching up, becoming more popular. Does that have anything to do with the situation in the United States? I mean, we hear a lot about school shootings, about the political divisiveness. So is all of that having a chilling effect on German students and their parents? It can be one of the reasons, but I don't think that it is the reason. The programs we run are J-1 visa programs, and J-1 visa programs do not allow for most families to be compensated. But if you look at the F-1 numbers, there are F-1 visas that will allow for post-family compensation, and those have gone up in recent years. So there is still a, a, a very high interest in exchange with the United States, I'd say. In fact, all these other programs, uh, all these other destinations, Canada, New Zealand, Australia, they will usually work with host family compensation. So I tend to think that the main reason for the J-1 programs getting smaller is economic reasons. The financial crisis uh, and then all the aftermath and all the challenges we're living today with the war, inflation, I think that's the main reason. Are you seeing a reduction in the number of host families on both sides of the Atlantic? Both in the U.S. and in Germany and in many other countries, we see that families are much more reluctant to host a student or to decide to host a student long term. So families will be much more open to host short term, up to three months, than to decide to host for an entire year right away. And that also has to do with economic reasons. I mean, if you're a volunteer host family, you will take in an additional family member and you will have to support an additional family member. And that can be a lot of money for, for many families. And you have to not only put in the money, but you have to put in time and effort and a lot of patience also. And I think with uh, the many challenges that all of us are facing at the moment, uh, I would not be surprised if many people just felt, okay, I have too many things that I really need to take care of. I don't want to take on that additional challenge because exchange can be challenging and be very challenging for both sides. So families here in Germany aren't compensated either when they take in an American student? Overall, uh, usually that is the case. Uh, we have started, and I know some other competitors have started a kind of scholarship program for host families because we would not want a host family who is willing to host to not host just because of financial reasons. So in some cases, we do pay uh, some financial support, but it's really very, very little money. It does not cover the entire cost of taking an additional family member in. It's really just to support a bit. Um, but overall, the idea is that host families are volunteer host families that uh, receive no compensation, yes. Is the financial aspect then a concern for you for the future of exchange programs? 
Yeah, it is becoming very, very challenging uh, at its host families and also schools, um, both in the US uh, and, and in Germany, the schools are also more reluctant to accept additional students. Um, in the United States, I understand after the pandemic, many, many families sent their kids back to school or maybe also kids that did not attend school or did homeschooling before the pandemic uh, will now go to uh, in-person classes. And in Germany, we have taken in 200,000 kids from Ukraine. Uh, so, so many schools will say, sorry, we simply don't have space and then we don't have the capacities. Let me jump ahead to one question then. If we don't have exchange programs, is that a detriment to transatlantic relations? Is something lost? Yes, I, I think uh, I think something would get lost if we did not do exchange programs. And that is the mutual understanding and the understanding of why people think the way they think and why they do things the way they do. One, one alumni um, recently told me, I, I was in the United States and now I understand why people in the US think the way they do. And it's not just I, I see this on the news and I wonder, my God, why do they vote for this person or that person? But now I understand what the issues behind that are. And I think that kind of understanding um, would get lost. Besides financial considerations, are there other concerns raised by German students and their families going to the United States? Or what are the things that they like? Well, the, the students, uh, very often, they love their high schools and all that they have to offer in uh, sports, arts, uh, theater, and in general, the classes uh, that the schools offer, that the, the school system is uh, very different from what the students know from Germany. So they find that very interesting and enriching. Many German students complain about a lack of independence because host parents can be very strict and German parents often give their kids a lot of freedom, but also because they cannot move around independently very easily because the United States is a vast country and you have to rely on the car and on, on someone to drive you. And the Germans are used to moving around independently in, in public transport. So uh, that is a big concern uh, for many students, in fact, yeah. Do you think German youth are less enamored with the United States than maybe previous generations? In some ways, yes. And I think we see that in the numbers. It is still the majority, but it's not uh, the vast majority it used to be um, that chooses the United States as their destination. And that may have to do with politics as well. Our countries have become a little estranged, uh, if you can put it that way. And I, I remember very well the day that um, Donald Trump was elected president. The next day, our phones were ringing and students would ask for change of countries or they would call to ask not to be placed with a Republican host family. And yeah, I think this uh, could have had an effect. So what's the solution? How do you keep young Germans and young Americans connected? I would say we should continue to run exchange programs, but we uh, should not just continue to do what we are doing. One option could be to offer more um, short-term exchanges. We are uh, running a two-week exchange program to the US as well to kind of give students the opportunity to, I would say, to get it, to get an idea of what it could be like to go on exchange. And many of them are then really interested in, in 
going on exchange uh, longer term. Um, currently, there is only the, the short term program from, from Germany to the US, but we're planning to do it the other way around as well. And I hope that that could increase interest in an exchange um, from the US to Germany as well. The other thing is um, the, the school requirements are what will lead many students not to go on exchange because they feel like I'm, I'm losing a year and I, I will graduate later. I cannot graduate with my friends. We have many participants who come on program and then decide to return home early because um, they realize, no, I'm, I'm staying behind and my school is not giving me credits for what I'm doing here. And that would be a great help, for example, to recognize uh, on, on both sides what the kids are doing and that the exchange itself is also a value that is part of their education, basically. Thank you, Christian. Thank you, too. Have a great day. And thank you for listening to this episode. I'm your host, Soraya Sarhadi Nelson, and I hope you enjoyed our deep dive into young German attitudes toward the United States. This episode, which is brought to you by the Checkpoint Charlie Foundation, was produced by Axel Scheele. Our social media intern is Maya Ravlik. The instrumental number called A Thought is by Poddington Bear. Common Ground Berlin's theme music is Mono Lilu by Foro in the Dark. Our podcast is funded by a grant administered by the German Ministry for Economic Affairs and Climate Action. And our partners are Goethe Institute and the German Marshall Fund of the United States. All of our episodes are available wherever you get your podcasts. And you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at CG Berlin Podcast. Mm-hmm.